This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, a very, very good evening. We wasn't planning on doing a, a live show uh, at all uh, today. So this is a, a special show, and I'm absolutely delighted to strap to at uh, very, very short notice uh, to be joined by uh, Manny. How you doing, mate? I'm okay, mate. Not too bad. Nice to see you all. And you. We've got uh, Jack here as well. You right, Jack? Yeah, not so bad yourself. I've, yeah, not too bad. We've got yeah. Chris. Are you right, Chris? Hello, Dave. Hello, everybody. And we've also got Sooty as well. How you doing, mate? Good evening, David. <laughs> I love it, man. Oh, God, this is going to be so much fun. This is. Listen, guys, um, if you're listening to this, uh, obviously, back on the Always Wolf podcast, it will go out there. Some of you might listen to it back afterwards. Uh, on catch-up and obviously there'll be quite a few that there's already over 100 of you here joining us live and I've not even promoted it so it's you know you've obviously seen the notifications today in the last couple of hours there has been a statement um, issued by the club on behalf of uh, Wolves chairman uh, Jeff Shee on the um, it's kind of a state of the union address really uh, from Jeff Shee and I thought it was really important that, as a as a fan channel, we um, we do discover this and and do talk about this, discuss it, review it, react to it, give our honest opinions and thoughts on it. And I thought it was very very important to, to try and get a cross section of the Wolves fan base, um, um, from the voice of reason to one extreme to the other, just to to get a real balance and a feeling on how this statement's going down and talk it through as uh, as fans. So um, before we get started, I am going to uh, read the entire statement out, which might take a little while, but for those that are listening to it on the podcast... I'll see you in 30, I'll see you in 30 minutes then. <laughs> those that are listening on the podcast, I think it's important so you can get a gist of uh, what we're going to be discussing. So I'll read through it as quick as possible. So uh, it says German Chef Shears penned a letter to Wolves supporters 
Uh, dear Wolves supporters, we're approaching the eighth season since Foson took over in 2016. I'm proud of the journey we've been on together, the achievement and the growth in that time. I appreciate a lot of the amazing, consistent support from our fans since the very beginning. I'm also happy that we've been able to deliver the fans perhaps most successful era in the latter decades of Wolves history. And we wish to continue delivering it for the long term future. We're working hard to improve our performance on the pitch at the moment, as we always do. We're also working hard to make sure that the club have long-term robustness and sustainability. The latter is equally important because we've seen on many cases in football industry where short-term achievement could not bring long-term success. Even in recent seasons, we've seen a lot of clubs in the UK and around the world struggle to maintain sustainable balance of both sporting performance and financial strength. As we approach the start of the new season, I would like to take this opportunity to clarify a number of things for you. First of all, he goes on to say, Fosen remains committed to Wolves, has never had any plans to sell the club. The club is a long-term project and an important one for Fosen. When we were in the Championship, when we were in the pandemic, when we faced all kinds of challenges on and off the pitch, the owners have always done their best to support us. They also share our happiness and excitement with every achievement or positive step we make as a club, no matter how big or small. The owners and management of the club, one important thing we must learn and follow is the Premier League's rule on profit and sustainability, formerly called Financial Fair Play or abbreviated to FFP. Before the end of the 2023-24 season, there will be an annual test and we're going to have to make sure we pass it, as we have done in the last five seasons. FFP sets a profit and loss limit for the three rolling years with a loss of £105 million at the threshold. We were very comfortable on FFP during the years just after promotion before the COVID pandemic because of our relatively low wage bill, low-cost signings from the Championship and relatively stronger financial, stronger finishes in the, in the uh, Premier League and Europe. After a long stay in the Premier League, we are now at a stage where we must pay even closer attention to FFP and manage it well. The first reason is the inevitable input of COVID on our revenue. Though we've put those years behind us, we still need to invest more afterwards to fill the gaps caused by the pandemic, especially on squad strengthening. Secondly, once we had a fantastic squad built in the championship and then bought into the Premier League, however, after the ageing of some players and expected injuries, the squad had to be involved year by year with significantly increased wage bill and player acquisition costs in the best but also most expensive league in the world. Finally, in recent years, we've had a lot of long-term investments into young talent that may not play in our first team immediately. And those investments increase the asset value in balance sheet but impact our profits and loss, especially in the net investment phase. An additional factor to consider on an FFP management is that last January we invested much more highly in the first team than we had anticipated bringing in six players. It was very unusual window for us and literally advanced the investment room originally left for this summer. The positive thing is that FFP is based on a rolling number season by season. So if we do manage it well this summer, next summer we will, more, we will be more free financially. We've been prepared for this challenge for a long time since the beginning of the 2020-21 season. We've been consciously signing on players and promoting academy talents to get ready to replace important players when needed. 
We know some signers might need a longer time to grow to adapt before they can play important roles in the first team, but the chance will come sooner or later because the squad is evolving year in year. This summer, I hope, is a window where we may let's may need less new signings since the many players in the current squad have developed well enough to take more of an important roles in the team. To manage the evolution of the squad is not easy. We can't make every single signing right. However, patience, composure and a long-term view is crucial for growth of players and the build of a squad over time. The Premier is very on. The Premier League is very unpredictable and challenging, especially with the new types of ownership at the same clubs bringing unprecedented investment with excellent people coming to the league as our competitors and also in a post-COVID global economy. However, I am very confident in our squad, but we do need to be humble with the challenge attitude as it was our first in the Premier League all over again. In my experience, the performance on the pitch is not only defined by simple addition of players, by team spirit, chemistry, momentum, morale, leadership, tactics, training, hard work and a variety of other factors. It's more about how we assemble, incentivize and guide the squad. Therefore, the work from the head coach and all the staff supporting him is very crucial, nearly at the end. The head coach has undoubtedly done an excellent job since joining us last November. We hired him and his team at a very difficult moment and without doubt they succeeded in their aims we set for them. Now together with the players and all the support staff, they are working hard to prepare for the upcoming campaign. Throughout the last seven seasons, I've never had a month where everything was perfect. The reality of running a football club is to continuously face issues and challenges and then tackle them with solutions. FFP is one of the more short-term and benign challenges we have faced. The club has gone through much more difficult tests in the past and we will do so again in the future. However, we're still progressing every day to, because we never lose, we win or we learn. Because we never lose, we win or we learn as one pack. Yours sincerely, Jeff Shea. Manny, your take. Oh, man, thanks. Well, I'm not going to take apart the whole statement and if we all did that, we'd be here all night. So this is the point I'm going to make. Folks are not a business. Wolves aren't a plaything for them. They run it as a business. They've made it clear, haven't they? They're not prepared to break rules. They're not prepared to do what Everton and Man City and other clubs are doing and wait, playing the long game, going into the courts and keep pending and postponing things and then maybe get a bit of a fine. They're not prepared to do that. Now, if in 2021, Jeff G knows that this time is coming, what are we making record signings for? Nunes, Cunha, Guedes, 115 million. We've just spent 115 million quid and you knew this time was coming. Why didn't we go, OK, we can only sign, sign the likes of Lamina, Dawson, Gomez. That's our, because we've got to protect our business. It's complete ineptitude by the chairman. He's literally, that statement for me, he's hung himself by declaring that he didn't really have a clue and he knew this time was coming and he still panicked. Um, I reckon we stayed up in January because we signed players like Lamina, Dawson and Gomez. They didn't even cost that much. So why did we commit to then signing the most expensive striker in our history? This is nothing against the players. I actually like the players. But if, we're, if you're running a business and you know this time is coming where you've got a tie in your belt, 
then you have to run that business accordingly. Jeff Shea has done a horrific job, I think, since 2020. Literally, from the signing, when you can start looking at the signing of Silva, and then the Nunes, the Guedes, and the Cunha, there's 150, 160 million quid. And he's literally saying, we can't run that way. We, we've got to make sure we don't make these losses. So why are you making record signings? You know, just buy a, buy a striker for, for 10 or 8 or 15 because that's the ballpark we're playing in. The other thing I have to make is, if he knew in 2021 that this time was coming, and if he knew in January that this summer was coming, he remained silent. He made sure me, you, everybody else signed up for a season ticket, bought our tops, you know, South Korea was happening at the time as well. Remember, that got cancelled later. So he wants people to go over and spend money there. And now suddenly, once it's all over, now we'll release a statement. That statement's only been released because of pressure from us lot saying, why aren't you talking? No other reason. If we hadn't have said anything, he would have stayed shut. Yes, it's important for him to communicate. But I'll tell you right now, Julian Lopetegui is not the only manager at Wolves peed off with no communication with Jeff. There are other managers in other departments. They, don't, they won't come out because they're protecting their job roles. They are also equally, equally peed off with the way he acts. Control freak, makes it rash decisions. You know, imagine this. Imagine saying in January, we've got this FFP um, situation coming up in the summer. We've got to tighten our belts. Hello, Jeff. Do you fancy signing the most expensive striker we've ever signed in our history? Oh, yeah, go on then. I'll have him. How stupid is that? Are you stupid? So, you know, that is, he's literally hung himself. If Fosun are committed, if they are really committed, then they need to bring in somebody who knows how to add numbers up, basic mathematics, and say, this is what we're allowed to spend. Sorry, manager, that's all you're going to get. Not out the blue, sign these players for like ridiculous amounts of fees and then suddenly say, oh, now we're in a period of our, you know, existence where we need a bit of help and just say, sorry, not nothing till next summer because I've messed up. You know, it's not good enough. This is a multi-billion pound corporation. It's not good enough to have someone with, uh, I don't know, just that statement baffled me. Yes, it was communication. Yes, it's what we asked for. But it just confirmed to me that this guy hasn't got a clue. So that's my take. Great. Mate, as always, straight to the point. Really, really good. Um, we're going to move over now to uh, to see what the voice of reason Jack has got to say um, on this. Jack, if you want to come in on those points and on the statements, obviously you've had time to digest this as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we've been asking for communication, haven't we? And we've now got it. So we can't complain on that front. You know, that, that that kind of issue has gone out the window now. We've been very open. Not, not, not a lot of clubs, sorry, get that level of communication from their chairman or chief executive or whatever you want to call it. So we, we've got that now. But does it answer all the questions? No, it doesn't. Does it absolve Jeff Shear of any blame? No, it doesn't. Does it reassure everybody? No, it doesn't. You know, there's going to be a lot of people probably feeling just as frustrated as they were before the statement came out. You know, so has Jeff Shee poured cold water on the fire or poured petrol on it? I don't quite know. I think maybe a little bit of both. 
Um, my, my biggest thing, I'm, I'm a football man. You know, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a geopolitician. So all this stuff with China and FFP and everything, some of it goes straight over my head, I've got to be honest. But I'm a football man. And I think the, the, the person that's going to be the most annoyed tonight is, is Lopetegui. And, and I'll tell you one thing I noticed. He wasn't even named. He was just called the head coach. Mm. That, 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 that's very, very strange. You know, we we had Nuno, we had Bruno, and now all of a sudden the head coach. It's very cold, isn't it? I don't think that Jeff Sheehan and Lopetegui have a particularly good working relationship. In fact, you could go as far as say they probably don't have a working relationship at all by the the sounds of it. You know, it sounds like Lopetegui does a lot of his stuff through Matt Hobbs, you know, and he's Mm. then having to work as the mediator between him and and Jeff Shee. So it's a bit of a a disorganised sort of mess at the minute, isn't it? And that's trickling through to the, the fan base, you know, and people are sort of jumping on, on everything at the minute, aren't they? We changed the, the, the Wolfie costume and everyone's going, oh, what's all this about? And, and you know, there's, there's no need Wait till you see Wendy. Wait till you see Wendy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Wendy, Manny? Well, and the little wolf. There's going to be Have a baby wolf as well. Well, well I thought maybe got transferred. Yeah. Um, you've seen it. Carry on, Jack. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think I think we're gambling here because we don't know what these punishments are going to be for the clubs that fail. FFP, you know, we're saying let's let's you know let's not spend any money and get our house in order. That's great because if all of a sudden Everton and Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth get deducted twenty points for failing financial fair play and we finish eighth because twelve teams above us have been deducted points or whatever, then it looks like a great thing to do, you know, and for the greater good if you like, but. If they're going to get a fine or a transfer ban or you know a slap on the wrist, then we've shot ourselves in the foot, haven't we? You know, because we we could conceivably really struggle this year. I mean, I think on paper we've got a, a good starting eleven, and we and we saw glimpses of that last night in in the friendly, didn't we? But we've got we very did. very little squad depth. We are well, one or two injuries away from being in serious trouble here, and we need to find a way to get two or three bodies in before the transfer deadline. Well, I think um, I, th- I, th- I think what you we're going to come on to Sutty and then Chris, but I think um, you talk about petrol or fire. I had a, a chat with someone else um, regarding um, a statement from Jeff, like, and when we're going to hear from Jeff, like, a, a, about ten days ago, and um, they were talk. Well, Jeff doesn't really talk, and like the reason he doesn't do this because if he says something, things get taken in one way and another. So you you. That's why he doesn't speak a lot. But I think the he's been kind of forced into making a statement because the whole of the fan base have been like, where's our chairman? Um, so he's come out and made the statement. And it's kind of like what the, the guy I was speaking to 10 days ago said. It's like he's kind of damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. He comes out and makes a statement and it, things can get ripped apart by what he says. And if he doesn't take a, make a statement, there's all the speculation and why, where is he? So you, you, you kind of want to, I mean, not trying to stick up, but I'm just trying to, as always, give a bit of a balance. It's it's kind of damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. And he now has come out with a statement. And it, as much as what's in that statement, it's a long statement. There's a lot of stuff that isn't in there that he doesn't say. You made the point about referring to the head coach rather than his Lopetegui and stuff like that. Maybe that's just how he speaks. I don't know. You'd think he'd actually mention the manager's name. 
And obviously, it's made very clear the key points I take about that. There's been a lot of conspiracy theories that's been buzzing around on various groups on social media that, yeah, Foson are doing this because they're going to sell. Well, that's obviously been reported quite widely that that's not going to happen by the local journalists. And, of course, he's come out and said that tonight, that Foson aren't planning on selling. Uh, they, they are selling different assets, but they do see Wolves as like this jewel in their crown. And I know Sutty will say about polishing the jewel in a second, but they've got no intention of selling. Saying that, if someone comes in with a massive offer, you know, some Saudi rich oil baron, maybe they would then consider uh, selling it. Um, but it is very, very clear from what has been outlined by the chairman that there's not a lot of money that's going to be spent in the rest of the transfer window. And basically this year they've got to get through and hopefully the purse strings can open next year. But now let's move over to see what Sooty's got to say on what you've heard and read up, mate, and see whether you've like thought about any of these different things that have come out from the chairman, whether that's hardened your line or softened your line a little bit. You can't see it. Yeah. Um, Sutty, in dramatic fashion, has got a green, a luminous green card with the words inept on the screen. Okay. That's his, he's done his bits here, mate. <laughs> Dave, Dave. Yeah. Uh, look, everybody knows that you know, I'm pessimistic about this. I do not trust this ownership model you've just said and i'm going to pull you up on it dave because you believed in this process dave all along there is no pro the only process they've got dave is to be self-sustainable now self-sustainable as i keep saying to you week in week out will get you relegated sooner or later sooner or later it'll catch up with you now, well, we've seen I'm, it happen many, many times, haven't we? I'm, go I'm going to use this as an example. and I don't want my football club to be like this club. But Everton have just signed a £20 million striker. So, I can't get my head round this, Dave. And the other thing I can't get my head round is if they're going down this route and they don't want a more foul of um, financial fair play, why the hell is Molyneux not pristine? Because that doesn't come under financial fair play, Dave. So, for me, this football club might not officially be up for sale, Dave, but I'm telling you now, I wouldn't believe a word that man says. He is a compulsive liar. You can say all you want, oh, they've spent lots of money and that. I can give you 167 million quid of pretty poor signings in the last two years. Now, they have wasted, they may have spent money, but the wastage on it and the resale value of these players, oh, I'll tell you now, there's no, who, who, who else would have paid 43 million euros for Cunha? Who would have paid £36 million for silver as an 18-year-old? Who would have paid £27 million for Gedesh, £30 million for Samedo? Because let's be honest, 
So yeah, all I can see, all I can see is a smiling Mendes. <laughs> I've got this image. Yeah. Well, you, you see, Samedo, you can you can go on and on and on for Crony seventeen, Pedenza. These were when you sell a player. On, I'll give you a player now. We're very lucky to have him. But when we had Jota, fantastic. We sold him for forty-five million quid. Fantastic, right? The player that came in to replace him, in my eyes, was Pedenza. Right. Yeah, so, it was. God, it's just like chalk and cheese. It's like looking at day and night. As a player and as a person, it's just, it's just, it's mind-boggling day, the amount of wastage. So if they're doing due diligence on football players here, they certainly wouldn't be going through Mr. Mendes for every player like they have done up until this January transfer window. Now, apparently we were signing players. But we've we've gone in for we've gone in for first uh, a bid for Alex Scott, second bid for Alex Scott, and then they were going in for a rubbish. third. Utter rubbish. We're being lied to, Dave. Why yeah. do you think? And I feel like smashing my head up against a brick wall. Why do you trust this person, Dave? Because you clearly trust this. No, no, this no, 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 no. Don't get me. No, yeah, you no, do, no, Dave. I've, never, I've not said that. I've not you said, said that. No, Dave, listen. I said, trust, said we need to trust the process during this transfer yeah. window. So you, but I have, you I have, I, let me just come in because I have said on this channel many, many times, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I have reported, and we've talked about Jeff Shee before. And he was due to go this summer. Fact. He was being replaced this summer by Sky Sun. He he left Foson and went to China. Foson were replacing Jeff. You know, Jeff's still there because that chap didn't come in. They had a new chairman. It was that that's what that's what I was told, and I've been told by multiple things. You know, the reliance on Mendes worked really well for us early doors, getting us getting players like Neves and Matinho at five million and Patricio and all of those got out the championship. We had under Nuno three, we had a fantastic season, seven sevenths. You know, then the pandemic hit. We know that Nuno, and I've reported on this channel before, and I've been told this Nuno wanted more investment. Jeff said we're okay. They butted ends eventually, and it was Jeff that let Nuno go. That's what happened. They fell out, and he went. And I've, I've said this, and it was a mistake that happened. Obviously, then they've gone in and got Bruno Large. Everyone was loving Bruno Large up until last February. We were playing Bruno ball, fantastic football. Bruno Large came out and lambasted Hoover. I don't think it was Foson or Jeff that told him to do that. He lost the dressing room. We went on a spiralling down. They made massive mistakes last summer uh, with Scott Sellers and also Bruno Large with some of the money that they, they spent and wasted Geddes, for example. Mendes pushed Geddes on Large. He was going to keep Morgan. I mean, I know a lot of the fan base sort of didn't like Morgan. I wish he would have stayed with us rather than we'd have had Geddes because I think we'd have got more out of him. But because... Geddes come in, Bruno let him go. We remember Bruno with his arm around Morgan and stuff like that, and then he basically let him go. He bombed out um, Cody. He bombed out all the leadership team. We had no leaders in there. They made a massive mistake. They've realised they've made a mistake. Sellers has got sacked. Um, obviously, Foson have lent on Jeff for some reason. What the hell's going on? Hobbs has come in. The model has changed. 
because you saw the January the January windows. They were not all Mendes signings. They were from different aspects, different agents. And they had a good window in January. They booked, they managed to get Lopetegui eventually. They bought him all his stuff, invested in all the stuff that he wanted. They gave him all the players they wanted. They obviously have taken money from this window for that window. But I've said all along, it's not necessarily Fosun that are the culprits here. Yes, they've had issues and, you know, that they're Chinese owners and what have you. But it's the people that have been managing the club. And that, as Manny says, comes down to whoever the leadership is. And we needed like a sporting director and Jeff to go upstairs and oversee the esports and all the rest of it and have someone that's a footballing person in charge. Then these mistakes probably wouldn't have been made. You can't blame Foson for wasting the money. It's the people running the club that have wasted the money. That's my point. Back to you. I get, I do get that, Dave. But if I own Wolves, Right, and you're and you're my chairman, and you say, Keith, I want to go and buy, um, I want to go and buy Cunha for forty three million euros. You're going to have to come to me and ask me for that money. I'm not going to give you the right to spend forty three million euros without my say. So, do not be deluded enough to think that they don't talk to each other. And run this through with each other. Jeff Shee is not allowed to go and spend two hundred million pound without going to the big man saying, "Can I spend this?" It doesn't happen like that, Dave. There is much to blame as she. She should be sacked. He's inept at best. Mm -hmm. I could do better than Jeff Shee. I'm telling you now, right? I really could. He does not know what he's doing. He's a liar. He doesn't speak to people. As we've just been told, I don't know this for fact, but I've just been told that there's a lot of management people probably frightened to say anything because they've got mortgages to pay, Dave. They've got this their jobs, mate. What Manny has said about that the good and what of this to is actually, from I've had that sort of vibe that's come through through me as well that, you know, the same so I spoke to someone the other day and they said they've been they've worked there for about three years they've seen him twice or something like that you know so I mean yeah he's the chairman I don't suppose he's going to be everywhere but he could be more mate what did he remember just before you bring on that point remember what he did we had Dalrymple Thelwell we had a team we had a structure got rid got rid got rid got rid he was doing everything he was literally doing everything at the club he's a control freak he wants to make all the decisions himself he didn't talk to anyone how can um, Lopetegui be that shocked about what happened and so that frustrated because literally how can you say we've got no money, we've got to tighten our belts and you're making bids in for 25 million on 19 year olds that's lying isn't it? Of course it's lying because we know we're in this situation now we're making 25 million pound bids, is it a smokescreen? Just to make everyone happy, get the season tickets sold and then suddenly oh no we're not signing it, you know can I quickly say, Dave? Back to you, and then we want to get to hear from Chris. Dave, can I quickly say as well? There is no way, absolutely no way, that last November Julian Lopetegui agreed to this. Absolutely no way. That man's coming here with the with the remit, save us, which he did a bloody good job of. He did. And then we'll back you. Rock bottom. 
he did a fantastic job. I know we got a couple of thumpings, but we'd have all took it last November 13th. So that's not good. But yeah. there's no way on earth a manager of that calibre has come to a club like us without the promise. And I'm not buying into this because he just told us he knew this was going to happen in 2021. He's yeah. been told, we'll give you a war chest. He's lied, Dave. He has lied. He's got to go. His position is now untenable. With that statement, he cannot survive. And if he does survive, Molyneux is going to be a horrible place, David. Well, we know that uh, we, we, we know how uh, the fans can really, really turn. We um, we saw some of the um, the, the vitriol, rightly or wrongly, in that way directed at sellers. I wouldn't want anyone really to face that. You know, it's not nice. But like we've we've seen in the past, that the Dave, more Dave, thing. we pay a lot of money, Dave. We haven't got the money these people have got. He gave himself a four hundred grand a year wage. Right? Someone's made a point on that as well. Right. You know what? That four hundred grand is you know three pound. The three pound rise they put on everybody's tickets only makes them three hundred and eighty thousand pounds. He gave himself more of a rise to himself. He could have not had that rise and frozen frozen all the ticket prices if he wanted to. <laughs> so I mean, it's it, run by a liar. Simple. Okay, well, we're going to come back on that point, okay? Um, Chris has been waiting really, really patiently. Uh, Chris, what's your take? So, uh, my son read Jeff's statement out to me whilst I was driving him back from Wensbury to Telford about five o'clock tonight. And uh, first, uh, first thoughts were a bit of euphoria. Finally, the chairman is communicating with the fans. But unfortunately, as, as he went through it, it just asks more questions. And sadly, as I've sat down tonight and and read his statement, you know me, Dave, I like to analyse things and I look at both sides and stuff. So I'll just give a couple of the lines that he said at the very end. However, we are still progressing every day because we never lose. We win, we learn as one pack. Not really, mate. You've treated us like mushrooms. Better. We've had a statement. Great. But you've left it so bloody long. You could have released this statement in June. You know, so if Molly becomes a toxic place like we just talked about, whose fault is it? That's all I'll say, because I think I know what's going to come. Um, really baffling bit. However, I am very confident in our squad. We'll see something I don't. But we do need to be humble with a challenger attitude, as if it was our first Premier League season. We've been in the Premier League so long now, and when he's now saying first Premier League season. We finished seventh, Chris. We're going to finish seventh, yeah. that means. <laughs> you just said the squad. He just said before that in his statement, the squad is more younger and more expensive to run. Why are we back at starting new? Because you've screwed it up. You've bought players, as Keith said, that are just not capable. They've diminished in value. We can't sell them on and get, get the money back. We're in a bit of a pickle. So that's the next point. To manage the evolution of a squad is not easy and we can't make every signing right. Maybe you could admit you've made some bad ones because you're still not owning up to it, but let's face it, you have. And the first step to admitting you've got a problem is actually making it clear what the problem is and admitting it. And he, he ain't really, you know, so that, that's my next point. And this is the one, and the guys have already alluded to it, this is making my blood boil because... I'm with Sooty. 
the guy's lying. He's a dictator. He's a dictator leader. He's not running the club properly. We've heard from people in the club. We all know people who you know, don't see Jeff Shee or Jeff's way or the highway. Right. We have been preparing for this challenge for a long time, since the beginning of 2020-21 season. We've been constantly signing players, very expensively, I might add, and promoting academy talents to make us ready to replace important players when needed. I just watched one of them skinning our fullbacks last night that we sold to Luton. So how is that promoting academy players? It's just a load of rubbish. That statement is a load of rubbish. And it's no wonder Jeff C's not been around because he's obviously taken him three months to make that crap up. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Jack, on to you next to come in. Manny's had a little thing. We'll come back to Manny then after that. Jack, um, you've heard what everyone's got to say. Do you think Jeff Shear is a liar? I, I, I think what we've said is, is right. I think he, he, he wants to control things. And he has no experience in running a football club. He has no background in football. And ultimately, that's his biggest failing, is that he thinks he knows best when he doesn't you know I think personally like I said earlier we've got a very very good manager we've actually now stumbled across a very good sporting director in Matt Hobbs and we've actually got some very very good players in our team not a lot of them like I said we've not got a lot of depth so there's no reason there why this team can't be successful because they've got good players very good manager good sporting director and yet we seem to be going round and round in circles with these these financial issues and the lack of communication and everything. That that smacks to me of someone that's out of their depth, you know. And and I think you know Jeff She's role should be to be pulling everyone in the same direction. You know, he he should be inspirational. He should be motivational. And I just don't get that feeling at all. I don't think he's someone that people enjoy working for. I don't think he's someone that that leads by example. You know, like we've just said, it's taken him however many months to get this statement out, whereas he's been saying that this is he's been in his head for three years. So I, I just don't understand how the club moves forward while he's still in charge. Because everyone else, well, not everyone else, but a lot of the other key positions now, we've got good people in those positions to move the club forward. And he's the one for me that sticks out and saying, actually, if you replaced him with someone that knows what they're doing and he's has a good background in football and can lead this club forward, then we can move forward. In, because actually, to, to sort of round it all off, I think in some ways he's right. We do need to be you know, mindful of FFP and we do need to make sure we're not throwing money after money after money. But it feels very hollow when, like we've said, we've, we've spent so much money in the last 18 months on players that, that just haven't done the business. 
you know, you look at Brighton's recruitment model, for example. Oh, brilliant. They, they, they get it right more often than they don't, don't they? So, you know, if we'd have done that and then he's coming out and saying we need to be careful with transfers and that, you go, yeah, that makes sense. But when you've just spent 50 million on Kuna and 40 million on Nunes and 20 million on Collins and, and you know, and 18 million on Kalajic and people, and you're thinking, well, how can he come out and say we need to be sensible on signings when they've not been sensible at all? That would, so going back to what what you say, I think there's a lot of, I think he's I think he's out of his depth, running the Premier League football club. Manny, yeah, you know, last summer, Dave, I remember doing a podcast, and the sellers thing was like going wild, and I said back then, replay the, I said that's a scapegoat that is. Even sellers was a scapegoat, whether he was limited or not. The man behind it all was Jeff Shee. He calls the shots. He's a control freak. And this is this is coming. And, yeah, you know, it was, of course, complete and utter. And you know what? If you look at it, Jack's just said, Julian Lopetegui, I went last night. And I don't care what anyone else says. I was encouraged, I was. Because I thought, this manager hasn't been backed, but he's still got these players to actually play in a system and a style. Yeah, we didn't score goals, but we've created a lot of chances against a Premier League side. We've we played Porto, Celtic and Luton. Yes, it's only pre-season, but we haven't lost any of the games. And so it proves that we've got a really talented manager who can actually get players to perform and get a system. And every time uh, Julian Lopetegui speaks, he is, he is basically speaking like we're speaking here. This is how he's speaking. He's doing um, press conferences with his mate. He's doing, and people are criticising him for that. But he must be well peed off if he's airing that type of, you know. And really, you want a manager now to actually say, actually, I believe in this team. We're going to achieve things. It means that he is not happy. He's not happy. The statement didn't show any affection towards Julian Lopetegui. Jeff could have easily have said, you know, I understand. Julian's concerns and um, I appreciate, you know, and we'll do everything we can to support him. We believe in him. Jeff could have showed real support and a bit of compassion towards the manager. He showed nothing in that statement. Nothing at all towards the manager. Yeah. So, you know, it was literally, I don't even think, let's be honest, Jeff actually sat down and wrote that. You know, there's other people who've collected all the bits that have already been released to the fans about the, you know, the FFP and everything, and he's collated it together, and then he's just read it all out. Why are we bidding? Why do we bidding twenty odd million pound for a nineteen year old? Yeah, address that. And then suddenly, oh, we're not signing him when we had no intention because there's no money. You know, and you know what? The other thing, Ruben Neves. If Saudi Arabia hadn't blown up. Ruben Neves would have gone for probably 25, not Absolutely. 47. So it would have been, we can't spend this summer, we can't spend in January, and we can't spend next summer either. What situation would we have been in there? He got lucky with Ruben Neves. He got absolutely lucky. You know, we got out yeah, of the fire. And Collins. And Collins, yeah, yeah, we did. Let's be honest, we did. We got 80-odd we got million quid for a couple of players there. And he, he, and still we're in this dire situation. So how bad were, must have we been in, you know? And he was managing that situation, but yet he still sanctioned. He still went to Foson, like Keith said, and said, "Can you?" And 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 you have to point the finger because Foson have not replaced him. 
haven't they? I they're the ones who can. They're the ones who can ring that, up and say, "Jeff, that is you that is a really, really good point that you made." I do. I have. I will defend Foson to an extent because of the investment and the put in, and obviously it's a club. But again, you make a really good point there because. As the investors who are the backers, it's their due diligence. If a, if a leader is leading the club the wrong way or making a lot of mistakes, and I think they did intend to do this, and they didn't, but they didn't have a plan B for if Sky Sun didn't come in, so they've left the same guy in place, and we're now having the same sort of issues. Jeff, I'm sure is a, I mean is a really, I'm sure he's a very nice person, and he's quite a, a, you know, a, a quiet type of person. I've been told that he's more into his esports than he is football, which is fine. Go off and do your esports. Carry thing. on. Carry on. So no one's stopping him. It's a completely different thing. But you do make the point because ultimately, Foson, as the owners, at some point, they've got, it's all right, you can't just have sacrificial lands. At some point, the captain of the ship has got to replace so that you can steer it in a different direction. So to, You've just nailed it, Dave. They've, they've got to get rid of him, Dave. And they've got to look past having Chinese-like people running this club. Look at look at football in the country never of China. Worked. It's never worked, Dave. It's never... They don't understand football. Now, that's like me saying to... Um, that's like me getting, uh, I don't know, a painter and decorator to come and run my carpentry and joinery business. He got a clue. So we're we're asking him to run a, a multi, multi-million pound business when he's more interested in Sonic the Bleeding Hedgehog. What are we doing? <laughs> That's got to be the line of the night. That's brilliant. You know what? Can I just say, before people say, you know, um, because... Keith has said Chinese. Keith is not generalising everybody. I'm Indian, I am, right? So India have no, got I'm a not. billion people as well. No, India have got a billion people as well. India have got no appetite. They don't know how to run football. Otherwise, they could have found 11 footballers. So I'm even Indian investment, even Indian investment, there's some countries are just not designed, not no. wired in, they're called, in saying their culture is, to run what football. What I'm saying is, is it's got to be the best person for the job yeah, yeah. to do his job, right? Now, wherever that man comes, now, wherever that man comes from, India, or he comes from Brazil, I don't yeah. care. But you can't just employ people of Chinese origin because Fosun no. own the bloody football club. You've got to get the best. You've got a really good manager now, and there's no link. There's no link between the management and the chairman. The chairman's got to go. And we all know if the, if the, if the relationship between the manager and the chairman, the chairman broke, what happens? 100%, yeah. But there's, there's, what I'm trying to say is you can afford to get rid of this chairman. What you can't afford to do now is for this manager to... If this manager walks, we're in trouble. Jeff oh, has got to go. How does someone that inept get a fifty-three percent bloody pay rise? What's the secret? I want I think, one. I think. I think. I think you got to just got to remember Jeff's a Fosun man. He was at Fosun before Fosun bought Wolves. He's a a trusted high up member of Fosun's management. What, what are we think of them regardless? You know, he's been willing, or he, I think he was educated in the UK at some point in the past. So he's been willing to come over here. I, I'm not 
knocking the guy when I'm having my rant earlier, I can just, you know, this that he's put out is, is I think it's disingenuous. Uh, but they, 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 uh, they will have put him in there as a, as a man within the company that is responsible enough to run that football club. And by and large, you have to say, he's run it and he's moved it somewhere and it's done okay. They, they probably have got no idea. You know, and, and they're, they're probably not really interested. It was a play thing for them and it's within their group. And it's, But, but it's even then, Chris, Chris, even then, Chris, he had things in place. He still had Dalrymple there. He still had this speed yeah. dial of uh, Mendes who was bailing him out yeah. with yeah. top, top signings. Now he hasn't got the Mendes model. Now he hasn't all got those figures. He's on his own. It's all on his shoulders. Yeah, it's, it's just it's crumbled. It's the party, really. There is, a, um, there is another what, what I would say, what I would say about you know, the, no, I, 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 I work in a reasonably large company. I'm not on the board of directors of that company, but I'm probably one of the higher managers in the company. Um, I talk to, speak to, sit in his office every day with the chairman and the managing director, and I have, and I'm trusted to run a part of that business. I get on and do it. They always know what I'm doing. I'm always laying it past them, and I've got every. They've got really confidence in me to do it. I, I, I can't see how Fosun, viewing what's going on, can be in that place with Jeff, and I don't understand why they aren't doing something. Is, is, isn't it? Is it not clear that that Jeff Shee is what's holding the club back? Is that is that kind of what we're all sort of saying essentially that, that we think that he's probably the weak link now because of his lack of experience? I mean, he he probably is a really successful businessman. For Fosun previously, and he's probably got great acumen. And he's, but that it's not like running a football club. That's oh. completely different to anything else. You you can't run a football club the same way that you run uh, a carpentry business or a haulage business or whatever it is. A football club is is unique in the business world in terms of how it's run. And it's almost like he was riding on that crest of the wave with Dalrymple and Thelwell and Nuno and Mendes, and they kind of coasted to where we got to. We hit that ceiling of seventh place. We weren't going to get any higher unless we invested mm. 300, 400 million pounds in the squad and we were never going to do that. And so slowly, by piece by piece, it's all broken apart and all those shell pieces have fallen away and Jeff Shee stood in the middle. Didn't Bright, even Brighton had a higher turnover than us last year. You know, And Chelsea's yeah. turnover's five times more than us and even they have FFP issues. So we haven't got... We've only got 28,000 stadium. We haven't got the FFP type situation to spend the money we, we were spending, I don't think. And now we've been sort of, it's caught up with us. You know, we, we should have played in our own ballpark and our model should have always been, you know, the Brightons, the Brentfords, those type of teams just to think, what do they do? How do they do it? They're bringing, okay, this is how they do it. They're, they're going to progress in this type of way. And that's how we... You know, we can all say we're the big club, we're this, we're that. It's history, that is, isn't it? Let's be honest. You have to look at where you are right here, right now, and we should have managed accordingly. And now it's in hindsight. No one's ever wrong, and so we can all say in hindsight. But we're not running the club. He was. He was party to the figures. To the you know, he's the one who's getting paid six hundred thousand pound a year to make these decisions. So, and we look at what he's done. And it's oh, man, we're in this mess now because of how he's managed it. That's what we we feel. I think unanimously, all of us. I think just, well, I just think to quickly go back. Sorry, Dave. Just to quickly go back to what we were saying about the football. That team that we had 
when we first got into Europe in the in the Europa League. So you had what you had Patricio, uh, Size, Cody, Bolly, all that, all the way through. That would absolutely wipe the floor with his current team. And you think how much money we've spent in that time to have a worse team and a worse squad? Huge amounts. That's, yeah, yeah. Huge. Well, I just want to come talk. If you are on the, uh, if you're listening to this. Um, Sutty was suddenly kicked out of the thing. I don't know whether he was hacked. Um, That's Jeff. That's Jeff's breaking his internet again. <laughs> but, he, but he is, but he is back. Um, obviously, we're we're in the situation where we're at. Um, obviously, we've got a game against United uh, in just over a week. We've got the final game against um, Stad Rene, uh, who tanked Forest five 0 last night. By the way. And then we've Very got big trouble, Forest. Yeah. Well, apparently, if you've seen all the stuff about them mowing yeah. stuff as well, that's interesting. So there are other clubs that are dealing with it. Um, we made reference earlier on. Obviously, why don't we just get on with it and spend the money? You know, we don't know what's going to happen with the likes of Everton, Bournemouth, Forest, City over time. Whether their their gamble will pay off, or whether they will get points deduction and titles taken out. You don't know. And I suppose if if down the line those clubs do get points deduction and Wolves do come through this and push on, um, then it's a wise decision. If they only just get a slap in the wrist um, and then we've lost ground because they've pushed on, then it's the wrong decision again, isn't it? And it's at, at this point in time, we don't know. I think the general consensus of what I'm picking up on is... Jeff, thanks for ever, everything that you've done for us for, for this point, you know, especially the, the first three years and stuff. Um, but maybe now it's time for you to step aside for someone else to take the club forward. That that tends to be, is that generally the, the, the feeling that you guys are coming across and you guys in the chat, is that generally way, where we're at? I, I uh, don't... Uh... Yes, in part, but I also would say maybe it doesn't have to be that way. He needs to have the people around him, and he needs to let them have the 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 um, ability and the uh, responsibility to do their job. He can't do it, Chris. Chris, he can't do it. The character, the character of him, he won't do that. I'm 100 percent sure he won't tomorrow think right. Let me get myself a, a director for this place. Let me get someone to control uh, Matt Hobbs. Let me get. He won't put those people in place. He's a control freak. He just won't. And I think he's too far gone. If he can't, Leopard can't change its spots, which we all know. I think we said that last week. Then um, it, we need to do something else because I don't see a future. Sooty for you. I'm guessing you're kind of like want a new leadership at the top, Chairman. Absolutely. He's inept, Dave. He, he, look, if Jeff Shee came on here now, I would tell him exactly what I'm telling you. You are not fit for purpose. You, you cannot make this level of mistakes with these decisions. We've never been the same since Laurie left, Dalrymple left. Dalrymple used to tell us things, Dave. It's not, it's not their culture to tell you too much, Dave. Everything's done in secret. Um, now, if he, like Chris said, if he'd have announced all this four or five weeks ago and been open with us, we'd have, we'd have all took this on the chin probably by now. But it's just gone on 
and on and on. Day 51 into the transfer market, plus two weeks from the end of the season. Season tickets to sell. Season tickets to sell. Yeah, shirts, season tickets. Let's get as much money out of them as possible because I'm telling you now, had they announced this pre-season ticket sale, you'd have had far more than 700 up for grabs. Most definitely. So I don't trust this man. I've told you this for months and months. Well, a long time, haven't I, Dave? Let's be honest. It's not a knee-jerk reaction from me. I don't trust him because he's a liar. He tells lies and he keeps what information he should be telling us. He doesn't share. So if he is this control freak, I don't know him personally. I'd love to have a sit down with him and ask him, what are you doing with our football club? Why? Why have you gone down this route with it? Why have you? Um, why do you think it's um, safe not to spend when others are still spending? You, you clearly, you clearly know things we don't about punishments because nobody else gives two hoots for it, Dave. No one. Newcastle have uh, 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 apparently on the borderline of FFP. They've been told they can't. Do- They've just gone and bought another forty million quid player today. Now I don't want us going buying forty million pound players. I don't want us wasting two hundred million pound. I want the people in place that will buy the right players, Dave. Whether it's two million or ten million, doesn't but matter. If you look at our record of spending above twenty five million, shocking, awful. So it's about buying the right players. And the way you get your right players is you don't go to George Mendes because George Mendes has done very nicely out of us, Dave. Very nice. His FFP ain't suffering, is it? (laughs) No. Well, you go to the right people and you employ the right people to find the right players. Now, our best signings have come between £5 million and £15 million. We haven't got a good track record with mega expensive uh, signings and half the time Dave we beg them to come if we as a club have to beg players to come here then I'm afraid <laughs> they shouldn't even be here they shouldn't be here and Andy Taylor yeah. Andy Taylor just asked a question Sutty can you explain what lies are being told I think you should answer it <laughs> well, he's, he's promised us he promised us for a start four years ago that within five years we were going to be challenging Manchester City. You don't need any backtracked on that. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to top that. He, so like Manny said, he, he, did, he, he did backtrack on that, didn't he? I don't. Yeah, but he said it, Dave. Wherever he's backtracked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of have been Dave, all summer um, as well. I had a chat with your boss. He's going to give you a treble pay rise this, this year. Knowing damn well, you ain't getting it. I've lied, Dave. Do not mm. say things in a in a position of power that you cannot carry out. Quite simple. He is a proven liar. Chris, you had something to say there? He's been lying all summer because his sporting director that works for him has been telling us what the plan was with uh, playing recruitment and all of that's gone for a ball of chalk. So that, that's, yes. that, that's the start of it. Um, the statement that he's done, I mean, we've just unpicked so much of it. Um, I don't know where Andy had his speakers on mute, but it's, it's you know, 
mistruth. Lies may be strong, but he hasn't been open, honest, and transparent with us. He hasn't be, been way, open, honest, and transparent with Hobbs and Lopetegui. Hobbs and Lopetegui are chasing after Alex Scott, left, right, and centre, putting bids in, desperate to get their number one target. And then Jeff just pulls a plug on something that he knew that we would have to do back in 2021. He should have said that today, one. Mate, don't even go there. We haven't got that oh, money. I can't believe... I can't believe he put that in that statement. Oh, I've known about this since 2021 and just... That's, that just was the most damning. Money. Yeah, I think what he was basically saying was he'd known about the three-year cycle and he did say, in the, to be fair, in the statement that they have taken, I have said this before, that they took money from this summer to January to bring in players, which... Obviously, so there you deal. go. He'd already spent it then. So why is he going chasing after players, putting bids in that he had no intention of buying? That's an untruth for a start. Well, exactly, Jack. Well, let me just ask you a question straight because you're always quite, you're always really measured and how you say things and stuff like that. Has Jeff She lied? I think he has. I think, yeah, I think that's what all you done. need to know. Jack, if Jack says that as well, then that's you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. That's the perception, isn't it, from everyone, pretty much. Yeah, uh, and I think he's lied, and I think he's told lies on top of lies to make things seem better and to entice managers that we wouldn't have been able to get. If, if he'd have come out, um, let's say after we did we play last Arsenal, I played Arsenal last game of the season, and he'd have said, "Listen, this summer's transfer budget we spent in January, by the way." So it's going to be a tough summer. We're going to lose some players, you know, that we don't want to lose, but we're going to have to. And recruitment coming in is going to be sparse and it's probably not going to be the players that you'd expect us to sign. But we've got a really good manager. We've got a really good sporting director. And we have got some talented players in this squad. Get behind them. We'd have all done yeah, that. Yeah, a rallying no call. A rallying call. That's what yeah, you need. No and even say, and Jack can even say, look, we'll go. We'll if we have to explore the loan market. If we have to, we'll do things differently. We got. We we still believe in this club. We still. There was nothing. And, and then Lopetegui, that those statements were horrific because you think you've spent seven years chasing this bloke. You finally got him, and then you don't tell him anything because I do actually believe that he wasn't being told anything. And he was genuine when he's saying, I didn't know about this. He was actually genuinely because he wouldn't have come otherwise. <laughs> they told us at the start of summer we were going to have to move move players out to bring players in. And we sat there thinking, yeah, we're doing all right here. Never's gone decent amount of money. Collins got a decent amount of money. We might bring some decent signings. They learned their lesson in January. They recruited quite well. Looking forward to what happens in the summer. Right. If somebody said if if um, uh, Matt Doherty hadn't hit a straight drive on the golf course, which made him bump into Matt Hobbs, he wouldn't have signed him. <laughs> if they'd gone skewiff, they wouldn't have met and he wouldn't have signed him. So, you know, we haven't signed anybody. That was just off the cuff. Yeah. Oh, you know, the you were at a loose thing, end. The, okay. real, the real thing that really makes me sad about this is and what what they've done is the motto out of darkness coming light i don't think there's any other club that pulls together and goes forward in adversity than our club we love it when things are against us oh, and we yeah. all come together yeah. he could have said this at the start of the start of the summer window we'd have all been behind him right we've got to get you know we know what we've got to do get behind him all yeah, this create is a load of bad bad vibes 
I've just said on the uh, on the chat, if you want Jeff to stay, just type in the chat stay. If you want him to go, say go. I just want to move the conversation a little bit now, and we'll come back to that. Um, Manny, first of all, the, how do you feel that uh, the job that Matt Hobbs has been doing? How Mate, again, I, I reckon right now he's probably sitting at home or in a bar or in his hotel, wherever he is, he's shaking his head thinking, man, I was told we had this and we had that and I was hunting these players and now I'm redundant. He might as well have the summer off because he's got nothing to do. He's literally been told there's no money, so he might as well have the summer off. We haven't heard from Matt again, have we? He hasn't come back and said anything about the Scott deal or anything. He hasn't gone to, he's not going to talk about anything now because there's nothing to do, you know. And and I feel he's also in a Lopetegui situation where he's thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> Jeff, why don't you tell us that we that was it, that was it, close shop. You know, this summer, nothing was going to happen this summer. So off you, off you pop. Yeah, it's terrific, I think. And like I said, it was only by chance he's bumped into Doherty that we've signed someone for nothing. That wasn't that wasn't planned, was it? That wasn't a plan that we're going to go after. That's one of our targets, you know. Apart from that, we signed a, a Tom King. We didn't really need Tom King. We had three goalkeepers anyway. So literally, we've signed nobody. And I know Traore and Cunha are on this summer's balance sheet. But, you know... It's just a horrific situation. It doesn't matter sometimes if fans are peed off. Sometimes it doesn't matter as long as the people in control are together. So Matt Hobbs, Julian Lopetegui, and Jeff Sheaf—they're all together and they're saying the same thing. Then it doesn't really matter because you know that there's that togetherness. And when that togetherness is not there, Julian Lopetegui didn't speak after last night. Every time he has spoken, he's only reiterated that. He's not happy and we're underprepared and he's not I happy with the situation. We won't, we won't hear from uh, Julian until uh, the United game, which he's contracted to speak. Uh, Jack, what's your thoughts on how Matt Hobbs has done since he stepped up to the role? Yeah, I think he's been really good. I think he's got some terrific fees for the outgoing players. Um, I think the recruitment in January was a massive difference in why we stayed up. Uh, I like the fact that his background's in recruitment. I think if you've got someone whose background is in recruitment, running the football side of the business, because recruitment, player trading, is the cornerstone of any football club these days because of the amount of money that's involved. So if you've got a guy who knows recruitment inside out and is respected within the recruitment trade, then you're on onto a winner. But like Manny's just said, he's been hung out to dry because he came out at the start of the summer and said, all the, I, thought, I thought his statement that he made at the start of the summer Brilliant. was terrific. When he well, said, you know, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to move players out before we get players in and this, that and the other. And we all kind of went, yeah, OK, we'll buy that. We'll, that'll buy the club some time and we'll, we'll we'll be patient and everything. And then he came out. I think every time we've, we've made a, a transfer out, he's put a thing on the website, hasn't he? Talking thanks to this player. We thought this deal was right for the player. It was good for the club. It allows us to do this. He's probably sat now thinking, well, what was all that about? Because he did a cracking to... job as well. He got rid of yeah. players very quickly for every yeah. Giles for five million. He got eight and a half for Cody, forty odd million for Neves, twenty odd million for Collins. He was he did his job, did his remit, and when it went to let's now spend some money, it's oh, there's not. <laughs> so T, um, your thoughts on uh, Matt Hobbs? Well, he did fantastic in um, January, Dave. Um, can you remember um, towards the end of the season when uh, it's that it, it was reported that Spurs were after 
Hobbs and Lopetegui. Yeah. If that was still the case, looks like Jeff's yeah. got in. Jeff is desperate to get rid of something. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been quite pleased with the job that he's doing. Um, Chris Hobbs, same question to you. Yeah, I mean, the lads have said it all. He, I think he's done a great job. Um, he was at the match yesterday. He was sat in the director's box with uh, Russell. Um, Russell was I there, those yeah. Two, I think those two gentlemen are doing great jobs. Good, good uh, people. I think the problem is there isn't any others around them and uh, they're not empowered to do what they need to do. And this is the problem. He's done a fantastic job in, in recruitment and moving on players. And more importantly, for the last four months, he's the only person on a football inside the business that's actually come out for the club and told us anything. You know, yeah. he's the only person that's come out and give, you know, Russell does stuff commercially, but, but from a footballing perspective, he, he's the only person at a managerial level in the club, not, not footballing side, that's come out and told us anything. Uh, we'll lose him. I we'll think, lose him. I think, yeah, I think he'll go. I think, um, yeah, we'll lose him. He's not needed, is he? We ain't buying anyone. So he might as well go somewhere where he can use his skills. What's he? What's he going to be here for? You see, I'm at the uh, the same thing because I think Matt Hobbs has done really good since he's come in. I think like the, the January window, you know, that the, it would seem like real joined up thinking in January. It was always us and Jeweler on the same page, lot all that sort of jazz, and obviously. Fans are very frustrated at the moment. And, you know, Hobbs, all the outgoing players, I mean, even Sutty will agree with this. Most of the players that have gone out, we'd, we'd say, yeah, good. Uh, we wanted a squad refresh. You know, we've got a decent probably first 16, 17. We do need two or three players to come in and make the squad a little bit thing. But Nuno worked on a, a really small squad and look what we achieved. But obviously injuries aside and stuff like that, if you get injuries... When you've got a very thin squad, we got lucky under Nuno for two years, but the, the medical staff were great. Interesting that that doctor's come back in January as well that uh, that left. What's his name, Jack? Uh, Doctor Phil Hayward, is it? Phil Hayward. He yeah. came back to Molyneux as well, so that he's come back in. Um, but I think the the general consensus from from thing where everyone's saying is like you don't want to be nasty to someone as an individual. Uh, because Jeff's how Jeff is, and he does like to have his fingers on the pulse. And the things that Manny you've you've referred to, I've heard as well. He's very very controlling on all departments. Everything. All departments. I'm talking all everything. Web, all the web run through him. You know, even like how many pies we're gonna buy. You know, you all make decisions on absolutely everything. He won't trust anybody. Trust me. <laughs> That's what I exactly. I've heard as well. Yeah. It all goes through Jeff. And Chris made a point there that really a good leader oversees, but also empowers other people. Empowers other people to get on. Delegates. Delegate. I don't know whether that's in his DNA to do that. He should and have his feet up. The Jeff with um, uh, good quality people doing the job for him. You know. Yeah, and he, you know, and run folks and sports, oversee all of that, and then have all of these things. To, that's what he really wants to do. And I think Jeff probably, in his heart of heart, that's what he probably is really passionate about. But we need a football person. Well, he should have done their resignation letter tonight, then not a bloody, you know, statement. That's what he should have done. 
But like you again, you have to come back and go like as much as I've like I do defend Foson in the terms of the money and and how it's spent. They do need to have an action plan to bring in someone else that's going to steer the ship because ultimately they're the custodians and they who are they, who they put in charge leads us down the then thing. There is someone else that's appeared at Molyneux. Someone called Chrissy. Have you heard of that, Manny? Chris who? Chrissy, it's a woman from Fosa. She's been around a lot. Mm-hmm. No one seems no. to know what she does. Have you heard that, Jack, as well? Yeah, I've seen it. It's no. on the website as well, isn't it? She's, she's on the board of directors now, I think. She's a peer. It's true, or is she yeah. a pretender? It's true. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a woman. I've, I've got it, Chris, don't worry. You got it, did you? I thought yeah. David would got it. I don't think anyone really knows what a role is. <laughs> So whether or not she's someone that's going to come in and take over, I don't know. I mean, Sky Sun, as I say, was that person, you know. Um, yeah, he, he flopped at Grasshoppers, didn't he? <laughs> he, did a, he did a really bad job. The at Grasshoppers, grasshoppers flopped, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah, get well, it they're in. Selling, yeah. They're selling Grasshoppers. Um, let's close this off anyway, guys. Um, final thoughts. Um, and, uh, and if you've got any quick questions, we'll try and fire them 21 on the panel. Final thoughts, Manny? Well, first of all, I'm going to say, even despite the doom and gloom, you know, the, the players that wear the gold and black, I don't care whether the bottom of the league or the championship or wherever they are, we will, yesterday, we backed the players, we supported them, uh, you know, and we have to separate our issue with Jeff Shee and this, the people in the gold and black shirt because I saw hope and I don't, I don't agree that we're possibly as light as we think we are because sometimes you have to empower players you have to say to the Bubakar Traores and the Joe Gomez's and the Fabio Silvers and the Yi Chang Wang's you know people Totty Gomez's the Hugo Bueno's the Ryan Aitnuri's that you've got to say to them this is your opportunity this is your time people are doubting you but we're going to show we're going to show we're going to show everyone what we can do and yesterday I, I saw that I saw an energy, a hunger in certain players that I didn't see. And I thought, wow, that's I, I like this. And uh, yeah, they need to be supplemented. Now they won't be. So I just want to end on that. But let's, it was, it's, we, the season hasn't kicked off, you know. And, and when they do kick off against United, I still want to stuff United at Old Trafford with whichever players we put out. And we need to not. They're still young players, you know. Fabio Silva, I believe in him. I really do. Yeah, we should never have spent 35 bloody million quid on him. But I like the guy. I like his energy. I like his attitude. And, you know, I'd rather have a striker missing sitter after sitter than last year when we didn't even get a shot on goal or we didn't even even attempt anything, you know. So uh, I'm sure the goals uh, will come if they play the way they did. So get behind the team. But Jeff Shee, please... Do one. <laughs> uh, Chris? Yeah, echoing Manny's thoughts, really. Um, on top of that, I'd say, you know, we, not just the players, but staff, the people at Mind You, they're all turning up every day working hard. I know we get frustrated, but let's not start abusing stewards and people trying to help. You know, we, we all need to be together because these players are going to need us to be together. Let's not boo them. Let's not get into any of that rubbish. Leave the booing until after the game and when they're all off the pitch or whatever, if you want to do that. 
But we we need to get behind these players because they're going to need our help. I think everybody who knows just what we've got there knows that it's going to be really tough. So we've got to be together. You know, all of this stuff we've just talked about around half, we can't change it. You know, we we can we can whinge about it, we can moan about it, we can say we're not happy. We can't change that. What we've got to do now is turn up on the matches and and cheer the boys on. Jack. Yeah, no, I mean, I think just to kind of sum up what we've been talking about, I think the, the the plan that they've got in place to cut the cloth and to get the right side of financial fair play is the right thing to do. However, to have said that we've known about it since 2001 or whatever, then flies in the minutes. face of the recruitment since, and it flies in the face of what senior staff have been told at the club, and it flies in the face of what the fans have been told. And so for that reason alone, I think Jeff Shear's got to go. However... If we were bottom of the National League North playing Russell Olympic, I'd still be the first one through the gate. And nothing will change that. So whatever's gone on, you know, with the, the ownership and the, all these things that have happened, we've got to get behind this group of players. They need us more than they needed us last year now. We've got to make Molyneux that fortress again. We've got to have that, you know, that us against the world mentality. You know, there are three worse teams in this division than us. Of course there are. We've just got to go out there and show it. You know, and, and have the best season that we can, and, and I'm sure we we will. Well said. So, today. Well, Dave, I was there in the fourth division. They were our real dark days. So, um, we've got to make sure we do all we can to keep this manager and his backroom team. And I, I we've just got to believe in him that he is this world-class coach and he can coach these players to safety. I don't believe all this seventh-place stuff, Dave. It's not going to happen. Um, we, we've got to stay up and um, get behind these lads and make Molyneux, and I'll keep saying this as well, horrible again for away teams for uh, away supporters. It's, it shouldn't be a nice experience coming to Molyneux. It should be loud, noisy. If it was me, first game against Brighton or whoever at home, I'd have the biggest Wolves flag and I'd stick it in that centre circle by my captain, like Galatasaray did at Besiktas. Graham Sooners. <laughs> and I'd have that and I'd get him to stick that in as a mark of intent and say, you ain't getting out of here easy. And that'll be it for me, Dave. Get behind them. I'll never trust these this ownership model. Not where employing idiots like Mr. She. But while they've got that old gold and black kit on, never have I ever booed a, a Wolves player. Never. And I won't do it this season either. So pray that everything goes our way injury-wise. And we can stay injury-free and just stay up. And hopefully, they get their head around this self-sustainability thing. Just don't work, Dave. Well said. Uh, guys, if you've enjoyed uh, if you've enjoyed watching this live or you watch it, enjoyed watching it back, please, uh, you know, if you've enjoyed it, find a value, please just take a second to smash a, a like on the, uh, on the video and let YouTube know you've enjoyed it. If you are new, please subscribe because you can join in the uh, in the chat. We've had like over 600 simultaneously watching the whole way through. We'll have 
countless thousands more that will watch it back. It'll be on out on the podcast tomorrow, and there'll be another few thousand that will listen to it on the podcast. I think it's been brilliant. It's been really important to, to do this show tonight um, and to try and get a variety of people on to give honest assessments. You know, I think that I think talking this through tonight, the obvious thing is, you know, I don't want to be nasty to Jeff or anything like that. I'll be on great. There's no nastiness. There's no nastiness. Yeah. I think everyone's talked about facts. Even if you, you went to Jack, who's the, you know, we are happy clappers. We can't even sad clap yeah, tonight. Don't bloody <laughs> Jeff Shee. So, you know, it's not against, it's not against a human being. It's a, against his ability and the word, um, sort of used inept that's what we're saying if you had someone like that in your business you would move him aside move him across find him another job or get rid of him you wouldn't get him you know maybe he's got the best intentions and he's tried his best and stuff but there comes to a point where it's just too much for one person and you know we've talked about empowering people and he likes to keep the central control and eventually that breaks we've seen the the issues that happen with Nuno we don't want it to happen again with Lopetegui um he is an elite manager. There is signs on the pitch of good things that are happening. The, the press, the way we're playing, the zipping the ball about. Hopefully the goals will come. You know, we've, we've seen the fans cheering on Fabio Silva and making him feel welcome again and stuff. We want, we want positivity. It's horrible being negative and seeing all the negativity. And it, negativity, we just need negativity. But we want hope. We want to see our football club go in the same direction. We want everyone pulling together. And like Wolves' motto is, out of darkness cometh light. And at the moment, it seems quite dark and a lot of very, very gloomy. And hopefully out of it, some light will come and, you know, we'll push on forward and maybe we'll have a better season than we think. I hope, but, I hope Jeff, Jeff, she's the light. <laughs> well, yeah, let's hope he does. And it's not trying to be nasty. It's just like, Jeff, I think you you type thank you, but we need someone else that's probably going to come in now and take it forward. And if folks are listening, you know they do listen and watch and look at things. Hopefully they're on the same track and they can realise it and they get the right person in uh, to take the club forward. Matt Hobbs is doing a decent job. Russell does a great job. There's, you know, Vinny, they all work hard behind the scenes. There's some great staff. There's hundreds of people that work at the club, but there is only one chairman and he leads the club forward. And the fan, once you've lost the fans, it's time. It's time to move on. And we need a, we need someone fresh to take to take the captain's armband. And, uh, you know, just like great players like, you know, Neves and all of them move on. Jeff, I'm sure you'll do good whatever you do in the future and maybe you'll be facing sports, but we need a new captain of the ship and a new chairman. And I think that's the message coming loud and clear in the nicest possible way from the fans. Um, anyway, guys, hope you've enjoyed this uh, in, yeah, in tonight. Yeah, we, we didn't go We didn't go through the, the secret word tonight. I didn't think I did a secret word, did I, tonight? Oh, I thought <laughs> it was she. <laughs> <laughs> it was in there. He wrote it on the piece of paper. <laughs> Yeah, come back with extra time. Uh, Manny, um, how can people find you if they want to look you up on socials? Um, anywhere, everywhere. <laughs> uh, everywhere. Pedal thing yeah. or Manny Singh Kang. Um, uh, yeah, follow. We're going to carry on doing whether we're, you know, um, uh, we're suffering or not. I suppose that day is going to come back in October. Yeah, October. Um, uh, it will be coming back and um, doing another challenge 
later on this year, which we reveal soon. Um, right. Just want to say a word after the after the after the walk to Chelsea last year. Um, Dementia UK have now launched something called Fans for Deme- Fans versus Dementia, and um, they encourage fans from all clubs all around the country to walk to their local ground or to walk to a ground or cycle or run to raise funds and loads and loads of people have signed up for it all over the country so you know we'll, uh, which is brilliant to see so um, carry on supporting and carry on um, uh, encouraging um, all of us to do more for those people who suffer in society Absolutely Jack about you how can people find you on uh, they want to look you up I can't really. I'm not. I don't do uh, social media. I stay in the shadows, Dave. But uh, I'm, I'm at every home game, pretty much every away game. So if you do see me on the concourse or outside the ground, come and have a chat. I'm more than happy to talk about football to anyone. So yeah, come and have a chat. Are you in the South Bank, Jack? Uh, North Bank, North Bank up. I'm, I'm in. I'm in the South Bank on Saturday. A very rare visit for me. To, to the South oh, there Bank. you go. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Uh, get me at Chris Humphreys on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, I'm a board member of the Wolves Trust, so if you want to message uh, the Wolves Trust and get hold of me anyway, you can do. Um, that's generally how people get hold of me. Absolutely. And Sutty? <laughs> Jeff's quite silenced him again. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's working really, really hard on Sutty, honestly. <laughs> You can reach Sutty on Twitter, Jeff's Nemesis, at Jeff's Nemesis. Andy Taylor earlier earlier was Jeff's um, burner account on on this YouTube channel (laughs) when he said what lies have been told. (laughs) How can people find you that want to look you up, Sutty? Please don't anybody look me up. I'll make you depressed (laughs) within within hours. Just come and see me at any home game or any away game. I'm happy there. Absolutely. You can obviously you can get me on Dazzling Dave on any uh, social channel, and obviously, uh, please follow Always Wolves on you know all of this, all the social channels as well, and subscribe if you can. I hope you've really enjoyed this uh, this show. We'll be back obviously on Sunday night with uh, on the ball to talk a little bit more about the weekends, and then we're into the start of the Premier League season. Manchester United away. Everything's against us. We're bound to win. I'll leave you at that. Always Wolves, everyone. Always Always Wolves. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.